Welcome back everyone to the 20-something mom. I'm your host Mackenzie Frank. Today we have the second part to the series My Mom's Story. If you have not listened to the first part of this series, go back to the last episode and listen to that one. It's called Two Deaths, Two Fires, Two Cancers, Too Much. Go listen to that before you jump on into this one. With that being said, here we go. Where we are in the timeline of this is your mom died, you had Courtney, you left Peppy, you found out you had cancer, you had this crazy surgery on your face. What was the recovery like? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was really long process because I had, um, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but they had pulled the skin so tightly on my neck. So I have, I have big scars back there, you know, very self-conscious of these scars and one across my neck. So. Um, my face was, um, as I get, as time has passed, the scarring, of course, over the years have gotten better, but it was, I looked different. Uh, my looks changed, you know, I had a scar on, uh, across under my eye and down in it, and it changed the shape of my face. And I, um, no longer because of the surgery could lift my, um, arm completely. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot. The recovery was physical therapy. Um, the skin on my neck was so thin that it wouldn't heal for so long. Um, all at 24 years old. This is all at 24 years old. Right, right, right. So I want to say I never, like, do you think now, do you think your face has healed? Because I don't think your, I mean, I didn't know what your face looked like before, but you make it seem like it doesn't look anything. Oh, yeah. It's definitely um, healed, but, you know, it's still different than it would have been without it. You know, I I mean. Yeah. But I'm lucky. I'm very, very, very lucky. Because I feel like you even put so your hair much. in a ponytail and you, I, like, people would not notice your scar. Oh, putting my hair in a ponytail. I wore a turtleneck probably, I mean, for, for years, for a long time before that could really heal, you know, and then I wore my hair down. Um, but yeah, that bothered me. The scarring bothered me for, I don't know, 10 years. Wow. So, but now that I'm older, it's like, whatever doesn't matter everybody anymore. has scars and yeah, yeah yeah so then we go to you Courtney is how old and you meet my dad um Courtney was about two and a half almost three probably when I met daddy and um we we didn't date long we dated months maybe a month and uh six months oh well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not a year. Um, and we decided, you know, that we were going to get married. We knew. Um, and it was all pretty quick. And we jumped in. And I knew that, you know, I was, well, I was like 26 or, you know, and I was like, oh, I, I think I want to be a wife. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, became I became one. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, at this point, Courtney's dad is still alive and he is what in and out of the picture my dad is doing what filling in the blanks right so 
Courtney was a handful. I was a single mom. Our dad came in, and he was wanting to be my knight in shining armor. He had crushed on me for years and years and years. So he knew that he liked me way before I even knew his name. Um, And so he came in. He was really great with Courtney and um, uh, Courtney's dad was dealing with his drug issues and I was very forgiving with him. Um, but that put a big strain on, you know, put the strain on a relationship when he, um, your dad, this is hard what I call him daddy. Well, I guess you could call, call him Mike is, is my dad. And then Peppy is her dad is Courtney's dad. So I guess you should, yeah, I guess we'll do it by their names. Yeah. So there was, you know, um, I'm very easygoing and didn't expect as much from Peppy um, as Mike thought and the reality of it should be the right thing. Um, So we struggled with that a little bit. And I know you had an episode on um, coming in step parenting. And I think that Mike and I had a hard time with that because I was very lenient. And he had um, an idea of how it should be. Fathers should pick up their child every week. And then if they don't, there should be kind of consequences. So when I let Courtney's dad get away with it over and over again, we would argue about that. Um, But when he was in the the picture, he would try. (laughs) (laughs) To say Courtney's dad. Yeah. Oh, he was very, yeah. So he he did what he could. I guess, and his ability and what he was going through. I mean, because then you fast forward a couple of years to Courtney's how old and what happens? Oh, so Courtney was um, eight, almost eight, I think, when he passed away, when he died, he committed suicide. And, and I don't think that Courtney remembers very much of him because that's how rarely he was in her life. And by this point, she's calling Mike, my dad, daddy. Right. So after we got married and then I had gotten pregnant with you pretty quickly. And um, once you were born, because Courtney's dad was not in her life at all very often. And she called him Poppy, not daddy. That when you started calling your dad, daddy. Courtney followed suit and started calling him daddy. So then, um, yeah, so she didn't see him very often, but every now and then she did. And then I have my whole little family, me, my husband, you, your sister. Every now and then she would go and see him. And then when she was almost eight years old, he committed suicide. Was that something and, you uh, told Courtney? Like you sat her down and said, "I mean, eight years old. I you can that you can talk to an eight year old." Right, right. So I mean, because she had gone there to and visited with him here and there and slept over, um, I did talk to her about it. I didn't say that he committed suicide. I I said that he passed away. Um, so the way that he committed suicide, he drowned. Um, I don't believe I told Courtney that he drowned, and I don't think that it was something that she asked 
so much about. I did say that it was really crazy because it was more like talking about a friend to her than her dad because her dad was Mike yeah. at this point. Fully, fully lived with us. When when Courtney's dad, Peppy, um, was alive, he would come to birthday parties at our house. Um, and it was really more like he was a friend to her. He didn't really know her. So it really wasn't awful awful she didn't break down and have a hard time it was more like me saying your friend's dad or something passed away do you know what I mean yeah and it was a sad thing but there was no emotional connection tied to right she probably skipped hopped away there was no emotional tie she was probably like well am I am I gonna get that bike or is he gonna do I get to ride my butt? You know, something like that. Yeah. I think as she older and asked more questions, and and she was older, she learned more, and we talked more about it. Wow. So then you have this family. You have another baby. You guys are living in Rhode Island, and then you all. Well, I guess my dad ends up or just decides one day that we're moving to Connecticut, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were looking, we wanted more land. He really wanted more land. Um, I thought I was like, well, oh, great idea. I'll do it. Fine. Nice. We'll buy another house. So yeah. So we moved to Connecticut in uh, 2004, 2003. Okay. And then I think, so I had had my sister over um, to unpack. Yeah. So we, um, I think we moved here, it was like June. And um, I still had a bunch of boxes and my sister had come down. She was going to help me unpack. And I um, set up this um, screen house because uh, coming from Rhode Island, Cranston to Connecticut, the bugs seemed to be a lot bigger and a lot more, and I am a bug freak. Do not like bugs. And so I thought, well, I'm gonna get this greenhouse, I'm gonna spray it down with this defogger they have, and um, all kinds of insect repellent, and I bought these candles, and so I sprayed this all down. Then I went to go and um, cook something on the grill, and. Me and my sister went to sit in the tent, and I lit a candle, um, and I put it on the ground, and it just blew up, and it just did this huge flame, and it knocked me off my seat and burned a hole through the tent, and uh, it was kind of a flash fire, I think is what they call it, like a big flash and I think what happened was that the settling of the bug um, fogger that they ha- I had had settled to the ground on the grass. And when I put the candle down there, it just ignited it and blew me off my chair and a hole in the tent. And I ended up having um, second and third degree burns on my both cats. <laughs> Thinking about it makes me laugh because really, that's just crazy. Like after talking about everything, it was sorry my shins. It was my shins, a little bit on my hand and a little bit on my. But it, that's it. It was I had um, 
those capris on. And okay. it just flashed in the skin. Yeah, so both of my shins, not my calf. Oh, okay, your shins. And then I remember your eyebrows were burnt off, your eyelashes were burnt off, right? Right, yep. And a little bit on my chin, something on my chin and my hand. But the my legs, my shins were by far the worst of it all. So then you, I mean, for uh, me, I don't even know. Like, to me, like you said, you went through a fog when you were going through, like, a traumatic time in your life. And, like, this didn't even happen to me, but it was trauma within my family so I have actually zero recollection of this time in, in my life I know I rem- I know we've talked about this and that I just think it's so crazy because it was a really long period of time that this had gone on the recovery of this was uh was long and tedious and painful and I had had like nurses coming um wait so first you go to yeah, you go to the hospital. What did you say? They had never treated at this hospital. They had never treated this this type of degree of a burn before. So, yeah. So they were at, they were right on everything that they were supposed to do. They did. They were very worried about infection. I was in there probably, I don't know, like six to ten. I can't remember. I think it was maybe seven or eight days, something like that, closer to ten. Um, and they were so right on about everything and, and changing my bandages. And yeah, they said they had never, not that this was the most in this hospital. It wasn't that it was so severe. It's just that we're in a little small town and they hadn't dealt with this before. So, okay. So then they send you home and they put a hospital bed in our living room. For how long were you in that? Probably, let me see, July, August, um, probably three months. Wow. Three months, at least. What was at it like because... to have four kids that you still had? To, I mean, Jack was the youngest. He was probably, what, four or five years old up to, what, 15? Right. Yes, exactly. Courtney was 15. Exactly. So um, I could, the reason I was in the bed was I couldn't walk. So I really couldn't get out. I, I could only, I couldn't walk for a little while at all. But your kids would just, you know, climb on, run around, climb. I would, my sisters were there helping and you guys had started school um, right, right after this had happened. So you were at school a lot. My sisters had gotten you. You gotta remember I was very medicated, (laughs) pain medication at this, in the very beginning of this, as I started to get better and I could walk, um, it was a little bit better, not walk, but I had a walker, um, and I could hop or I think I had um, a wheelchair first so I had nurses come and they would come every day I was going to physical therapy where I was doing these whirlpool baths that were extremely painful like extremely painful I can still remember it now Um, probably that was actually the most pain I've ever had in my life was the burn and that and I've had four kids at one natural 32-hour no-medicine birth. And this oh. was, I thought, wait. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so just 
my husband was going to work. My sisters were coming to help. I had nurses coming. I was in a wheelchair of a brand new house that was big and um, older. It was like in the 1700s. Um, so the doorways were smaller, trying to, I couldn't get up the stairs, obviously. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty difficult. How did you mentally, yeah, how did you mentally stay, like you said before, you're so, such a positive person. How did you stay there? I mean, it would be so easy for people to be like, in the, in this headspace of poor me, I, I, I can't be dealing with this. I have four kids to deal with and I'm, I can't move. And I think that's what is that it's being that being that busy that you don't, and that's what happened with my mom is that I became, you know, so busy, but you know, my mom's death has left. I know people die and it lasts forever, but it's been, so long and I still have trouble um, looking at pictures or, you know, thinking about my mom. So I don't know if I've ever really um, gone and, and grieved the way that I should have. And so I don't suggest getting really busy and not grieving because I don't think it was the best thing, but it got me through. It, 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 I mean, I feel like I'm okay. I feel like I'm okay. So however I did it worked for me, but I was busy. I was busy with kids when I went through this, these burns and, and, and it made all of that easier. I didn't really get down. I remember la being in a wheelchair and laughing until I cried with my sisters, you know, about birds and thinking it was bats and them coming and me not being able to get through doorways and we thought it was funny and crazy so you know I'm sure I had my crying and I got down about it and um, there just wasn't time or or I didn't make the time for it I didn't want to be down there and that's my whole way of living now is that I choose not to be um, spend too much time in, um, in a state of, um, being down. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty good at self-talking myself, you know, is getting through things, but. And uh, worry. I feel like I you're really a very worry free person. In, right. In and general. It's, got, it's been like great times and not so great on other times, but. It works. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we move on to the next. Is it the next year or the year after? Is it one or two years later that? What are we talking about? Uh, fire? Yeah. <laughs> the next big thing. <laughs> the next big. After that. <laughs> what? I said, are we talking about the house fire or because of more after that too so. oh they're oh they're wait yeah, are, so am then, i skipping ahead am i skipping ahead i don't know i'm not sure what tragedy you're talking about <laughs> well okay so you you miraculously in get through this burn situation and you know you get through that so then you heal and you say what how long do you think it took you to heal from that well i was i was up and walking around oh the scars and the scabs and the and all I probably 
five, six months, I think I probably was good. No, longer because I had to wrap my leg for, I don't know, a month. Yeah, six months or so. Wow. So you get through that tragedy. And then is -hmm. there anything between that and the house? Or we're moving Um, on to the house? No, I think think we're good at that time before that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so (laughs) tell me what happens a year later. Yeah, two years later. So that happened in 2003. In 2005, we were at a game. Uh, the uh, I think it was Jack Ball, um, and then came home and the house was just ablaze. Um, and then, um, oh gosh, do I really have to go through the? Oh my gosh, that was a terrible time. So it was an awful time in our lives. So we had insurance. The house had burnt down. We lost everything. Um, and so with losing everything, you know, when you have insurance, you have content insurance. So all your memories and pictures and all of that are gone. So you mourn all of that. And then usually you build again and um, your life gets to move on. Well, that wasn't the case for us, as you know. Um, I had hired a contractor. We lived in a mobile home on our on our property, and the contractor that I hired, we were getting a modular home. He had ripped us off, and the money that I had given him, or the insurance company was giving him, he was um, using it to his to do or fund his other projects. And when it came down to when we were supposed to get our home, we found out that he had ran away or stole or could not come back up with thirty to forty thousand dollars and that was within uh that was what two two years had passed already um waiting for this to happen and then I had to go and take him to court and uh, we did you know the the judge did side and we did win the case but during that time we had to use our content money to stick build. And um, yeah, so anyway, that was a big mess. Stick we got build that. and then have to pay for the mobile home that we were living in have in the meantime. Build. Right, exactly. So the year, there was a year in time. So the more our uh, insurance will pay for the mobile home for a year. And then in that time, you should have your own new house. Well, after that year, and this house wasn't built, I had to start paying, you know, our mortgage and the rental on that home, which ended up becoming like, I can't do this. And then he said, okay, well, when the case comes, you can pay me. So that was a good big chunk of the money that I had to pay him out of the, um, after I had gone after uh, the contractor. Oh my gosh. And with that, I mean, again, now you have a couple teenagers or preteens in the house. Oh, and full blown teenager living and in a this. Husband. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. What was that? Yeah, that just right there is like 
breaking points with with teenagers fighting your your husband you're all in this camp space you have now money problems and and he's working and kids and fighting yeah so it was uh, all around it was a difficult difficult time to get through wow i it, it's like you think you, you hear the story and you think like, oh my gosh, wow, she really went through it in her life. And then the next year comes, oh my God, she really went through it in her life. And then the next year comes. It's like, <laughs> this story is so insane to me. I, How did you handle this one? How did you get through that? Like, what got you through that? It was really hard. What got through my kids? You know, like getting through every day and just trying to um, every day, trying to get through and do the best that you can and work out problems and make sure that your kids are getting to their dances and this kid is getting their school clothes and trying to just So it's like every other mom in the world you know you're busy and you just keep trucking and you just keep keep doing it and was it hard yeah that was hard that was really hard but what are you gonna do right at the end of the day what are you gonna do and it's yeah and it's really crazy for me i mean being in my position as that young teen young like you know preteen age I didn't really, like, yes, I knew we were living in a mobile home and everything, you know, our house just burnt down and we're trying to build this house and then stuff happened and there was money stolen, whatever. I knew all that, but I mean, I never, I was, I never went without anything. I was enrolled in pageants and I was able to go to dances and buy new school clothes and, and I don't know, get the things that I needed and wanted. And I think you did a phenomenal job, um, supporting us and and putting us first and helping us get everything that we needed during a time that I mean you were probably just ready to crumble it's like what more can you actually put on your shoulders anymore yeah I think um I think support it was really big in my life and I and every time I think about what I've gone through and I or even in that time, I, I, I would talk to my family and my friends and my family, and I was always able to let it out and get advice. And, um, you know, you kids are just my world. And, um, and, and I enjoyed you all, even though there was just, you know, of course, arguments, husband fighting, kids getting in trouble and dealing with teenagers and all that. But I think having so much support really was really great for me and um, just, just trying, you know, I had my mom as, um, as my role model for such, for the, even though it was such a short time, I really looked up to her so immensely that I, I always wanted to be the mom that she was. And I always said in my life, I could be a a little bit of whoever my mom was, that would be great. So I had something to strive towards. You know, with all the mistakes I've made with my kids, with my husband throughout my life, you know, but it's all, all worked itself out, you know, just live and learn, right? Live and learn. 
Wow, it's just, it's so, it's inspiring to hear you talk like that after hearing like, even just thus far, what you've been through. It's, it's, it makes me feel like, you know, cause I really haven't experienced significant loss in my life like, like you have. And, you know, or dealt with health scares like you have or, you know, and at such a young age, I mean, clearly it molded you into the person that you are today. And, you know, I want to know like what your take is on that again, kind of, kind of the same question, like up until this point now, now where we are now, because there's still more that we're going to talk about, but up until this point, how did you change? What, what did all this do to your, you as a person, maybe like your spirits, I mean, from 24 taking on all that and now you're what in your, you know, maybe like 40 or so at this point Um, when the house, the house situation happened. Yeah. Yeah. In my forties. Right. So at this point in my life, at that point in my life now, I, um, my, I, I just was, um, focused on, um, you kids, um, being happy, really, you know, just how do I, how does everybody stay happy? Um, I think I was learning more at that time on, um, being a better wife or not a better wife. I think it was always a great life. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know, understanding my husband and his, his, his needs, and I'm definitely way better now. Um, but my mental and, and my emotional self at the time was um, just just keep going. Like, this is life. Like, that's all. I just didn't know any other way. And, and people that go through things don't know any other way. It's what they're dealt. And I knew that there was no other option in the world but just to keep going. There was nothing. What else is there in my mind? You know, I, I knew there was nothing else except to just keep going and be as happy as you can be, do as much as you can. Um, you know, looking back, could I have done things different than um, <laughs> to just try to be happy? Sure. I could have, you know, I could have cut coupons a little bit more. I could have, uh, <laughs> have yeah. organized my house more. I could have paid my so. But really, my main goal always was to just be happy, kind of. I just wanted a good life. I wanted to be happy. And I wanted everybody around me to be happy. How did you keep yourself from comparing yourself? Like, so-and-so next door never had this happen to them or that happen to them or this, that, and this happen to them like I have. Like, how did you not get – how do you not put yourself in that? No, you do. I did. I did. I compared at times. But when you feel like, um, what good is it doing? How, uh, you know, uh, there was, I was in a situation that I was in and I, I could, um, I could just, there was nothing I could do. You know, I, I really was happy with everything that was going on at the end of the day. I didn't have hard night sleeps. I didn't sweat. I, 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 I cooked 
I loved my kids. You know, I, I, I wish that I had finished college, you know, when, when I earlier in my life, um, when I had gotten the cancer, but other than, you know, the few little things here and there that I would change now, um, of course I compared myself. I wished I had a better car. I wished that this, I wished that that, but looking back now, my husband could not have worked any harder. He could not, you know, um, have provided or given me anything more than, than he could have physically possibly done. So I don't know why I went off on a tangent or what your question was. No, that was, that was absolutely perfect. And it really just rings true to how, how positive you are, how grateful you are and how there is like a light at the end of the tunnel and we're not even finished. Like, I don't think people understand, like we're not even finished through the, through the crap you've been through. So, you know, you're, it's so, it's so cool. It's, it's crazy. It's very inspiring to hear how you've persevered through all this because I don't, I don't know anybody that could do it. Yeah, you do. Sure. Everybody can. Everybody can. All right. So we're going to stop here for now, but make sure to tune in next week to continue and wrap up this series, My Mom's Story. You're really not going to want to miss the ending. So don't forget to hit subscribe so you can get the notifications to when each episode airs. Again, I'm so thankful to have you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the 20-something mom podcast. We love having you. Have a great week.